What's going on, guys? We have week five of March here, the final week of March. So that means we have assessments coming up. That's March 28th through April 2nd. So here's our quick overview. So squat endurance on Monday, that's going to be an assessment of squat endurance on Monday. And then the other assessment we have is lactic tolerance. We also have floor press for strength throughout the week on Wednesday and then pull-ups on Friday. We also have hang power cleans on th Thursday which were not in the template, but because we have this hang power clean heavy workout, we are using that time to go through progressions, kind of practice, build up some weight. Uh, we also have some cool workouts in here this week um, that we're gonna go over here in just a sec. And of course our month theme, so we have electricity discipline is gymnastics, then system is plumbing, virtuosity is kettlebell, Fun is classics and then assessments, which we do have this week, our squat endurance and lactic tolerance. Um, going into Monday here. So Monday we do have that squat endurance. This is going to be the biggest piece of the day, obviously, especially if you're getting to that heavy 20 rep. That's going to be the most difficult thing we do probably this week besides the lactic tolerance is that 20 rep back squat. It's a pretty tough one. So our warm up is definitely geared towards that. We have body weight good mornings into some planks reverse lunges and seated straddle. So all geared towards that squat endurance, uh, whether that's the Bulgarian split squat or the 20 rep back squat, that's a good warm up to get you prepped for that. And you can, you can see we have a good amount of time there to build and, and get into that, um, get into that assessment. Do you have anything you want to add on that one, Nathan? Well, I'll just say for that last squat endurance, like we've had multi-weeks. Now it doesn't mean that last week wasn't a hard ass set because depending yeah. on how people go so just keep that in mind depending as people are in class kind of coordinate with them uh and if they can go for a level that's great they got to do some calculations they might have already done that in the past weeks but for that 20 rep squat that's a it's a, it's a brutal test and you'll people will ideally as people are getting to their 15 16 17 you have uh, others around, you know, members around kind of helping them and saying like, stay tight and all that good stuff. Yeah. That Boosting into. morale. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Morale is a big part of a 20 rep back squat. Oh, if you're going in, yeah. yeah. If you're going in with a, not, not a good, good attitude. It's, it's the mental side. Yeah. And also don't, there's no pressure either. So if they're going through and they're like, oh, I'm not feeling it, don't force it. This is not a test where you force it. If you're not feeling it, make sure you're feeling it, you know, before you toss that weight on and go for a max. So after our 20 rep back squat or squat endurance assessment we go into a pretty uh, light workout right we don't want to have any weight we don't want to have any squatting here after all that at that work we just did in the squat endurance so we have four time ascending double under reps starting at 20 with ghd sit-ups in between each of those double under sets starting at 30 then going to 25 20 15 and 10 double unders go up to 100 going up by 20s so pretty quick workout but a good way to end after the squat endurance and then as we go down here, you know, we drop to single unders, GHDs go to anchored sit-ups. Um, and then at the lowest level, we take at the earliest level, rather for white, we're just taking away the ascending and descending. So we just have straight rounds of single unders and anchored sit-ups. So before that, as we usually do, we go over our double unders, make sure everyone's feeling very confident with those, just getting that touch in on that neurological component of the movement so that people are uh, able to progress in that. And then the system's gonna be breathe and burn for this one. So this one's pretty straightforward, breathe and burn, right? You got the breathing coming in strong with the jump rope, burn, GHD sit-ups are almost all burn, right? You'll get a little bit of breathing there. And then our levels considerations is just straight 
N and C endurance, so neuro and core. And this is again, right down the middle, neuro and core going back and forth between double unders and GHCs. Most people were well under the 10 minutes. I think the higher levels here, the later levels were the ones that kind of stretched towards the 10 minutes as they got tired, the uh, double unders get broken up a little bit and the GHC sit up slow down quite a bit. Earlier levels will probably be closer to the eight minute range with the, sing with the single unders and anchored sit ups. Um, so just keeping that in mind, you might have a little bit of, of disparity there, but only a couple minutes. It's not too bad. Um, the goal, I think the goal would be unbroken double unders. That was tough, though, for, for a lot of members as we got towards the end there, particularly after the, the squat endurance. Some people had some heavy legs, too, so it was tough to, to maintain the bigger sets. We're doing our best to keep it quick on those double unders. So if you do break, get right back into it. Keep the heart rate elevated. Stay in that breathe and burn system the entire time. And one thing with that Brown level, you know, you got those mm -hmm. GHDs in there and that those are going to be pretty quaddy leggy, you know, cause you're doing that extension. So you're coming off those squats. Definitely. So just keep that in mind. I think we actually, in this workout, we switched the order, didn't we? Because specifically because we didn't want it to accumulate and become more GHD sit-ups. Yeah. Yeah. We had, I think we had not twice as many, but quite a few more GHD sit-ups in there. But yeah, if, they, if they're really feeling and if they're like about to cramp, just have them do anchored sit-ups. They're still going to get the same, you know, stimulus out of the workout, uh, you know, very core dominant. So don't, you know, if quads are blown up already, they can, they can just uh, lower it down to, to purple. I mean, the 20 rep back squat by itself is a workout, you know, so this is kind of just our, our add on. Keep in mind too, it's hundred GHDs at Brown, right? Yeah. So you, and so even if someone does want to do GHDs and this is a coaching idea, <laughs> feel free to just drop down the number of GHDs total. So maybe they do absolutely 20, 15, 10, five, well, I don't know if that, that would work, but you're just dropping them down a little bit. Just or you have a static like 10 or 12 yeah, exactly. or 15. Static's probably better. For sure. Yeah. Static's a little bit better for sure. Um, but again, if, if their quads are blown up, even static reps might, might be too much. You just drop them down anchored sit up. So still get the same response. So then breathe and burn, uh, breathing will kick in right away and the burn will be coming in on the first set of sit ups. So most of that burn obviously going to be with the GHG sit ups. You'll get a little bit, the double unders, the shoulders, and, and calves a tiny bit, but um, nothing to write home about, but definitely those sit-ups will take care of that burn. And then our extra credit here is the lactic tolerance. So this is the last opportunity to practice for lactic tolerance. So we have three rounds at 12 thrusters or their map variation. So that could be bodybuilders um, or I think burpees up there. Yeah, burpees. Yeah, burpees are bodybuilders for the thrusters. And then pull-ups will go down to jumping pull-ups. You're just subbing in your map variation and we're working on intensity and consistency across rounds. That way, when we do come to the, to the assessment, you're ready to hit that workout hard. You're not going to be surprised by how that feels as you go through uh, into the later rounds. So that is Monday. We're going to roll right into Tuesday here. So Tuesday, we did have to keep in mind that we had the squat endurance the day before. So we kind of, you know, kept it very hinge dominant for that big movement and took away any knee flexion there. So uh, for the warm up here, we'll get to the workout in a sec, but warm up, we have bodybuilders, Spider-Man's ring scap pulls to get us ready for the ring rows and then dead hang just to open up the shoulders a little bit. And then getting into the workout, we have four total reps and calories, one minute stations of kettlebell snatch, row or bike, 
ring rows, and then a one minute rest to finish every round for five total rounds. We're gonna scale down to single arm kettlebell swings for the kettlebell snatch into Russian kettlebell swings. Ring rows and row will stay the same all the way across. No reason to scale those, but as you get into the upper levels, just adjusting the angle of the ring rows to make them more difficult for the, the uh, later levels here and then adjusting to higher elevation um, for those earlier levels, just to maintain consistency and quality of the movement as you go uh, on, the, on those one minute stations. So before we do the workout, we're going to focus on the kettlebell snatch. That's obviously the most complicated movement here, the one that we should be uh, making sure everyone's feeling very comfortable with. So going through Russian kettlebell swings, single arm swings, single arm kettlebell swing with a pull. So that's pulling into position. So swing, pull, kind of like a progression that we would do for the Olympic weightlifting, translating that over into a kettlebell snatch as opposed to the high pull, you know, jump shrug, jump shrug, high pull. And then the snatch, we're kind of doing that um, similarly with the kettlebell and then finishing with kettlebell snatch. So I have all levels do the progression. Like I have everyone grab a super light kettlebell just so they're familiar with the movement. And again, we're kind of getting that neurological touch the same way we would with the double under or the same way we would with the PVC pipe going through progressions for the snatch. Like they're not necessarily going to do the snatch in the workout, but we do want to hit that movement pattern and get people feeling comfortable in that movement pattern. So then hopping into the workout. So the system's going to be breathe and burn. And this is pretty right down the middle, breathe and burn, but we're going in stations, right? So that means it'll go from burn to breathe to burn. And the only one that's really both is going to be this kettlebell at the top. So you'll get both breathing and burning there in the posterior chain a little bit in the shoulders a little bit. Row is going to be all breathing and then ring rows will be all burning. And then our kettle, our kettlebell assessment is going to be the levels consideration, obviously for that kettlebell snatch. Um, I do have earlier levels if they really want to practice the snatch and they're on the verge of testing the snatch in, you know, in the assessment, then I'll have them do a lighter weight here, uh, but still do the snatch. So then maybe they'll do 35, 26, 44, 26, but just, you know, messing with that a little bit. So they get some practice in because it is hard to sneak kettlebell snatch practice into workouts, but this is a good one because it is one minute stations. And that kind of translates over to the assessment, right? The every minute on the minute. Uh, kettlebell snatches. So trying to stay really consistent. So the kettlebells, the single arm kettlebell snatches and swings, that's going to be one of the movements where we want to continuously move for the entire minute. So there's no reason to put it down. Again, this is a little bit, you know, practicing for the kettlebell assessment, just getting that touch in, but also sticking within the system. If we start to break up the kettlebell snatches or swings, you're going to get a little bit away from the breathe and burn. It's going to drop the, the heart rate a little bit. The burning stops. Um, and because you have the rower bike afterwards, you can't afford to push it all the way to the end, right? We don't have any muscularly um, overlapping uh, things happening between these two. You don't have to worry about fatiguing too much. So hopping right off of this, running almost up to the minute and then hopping onto the row or the bike, maintaining that relative pace on the rower bike. And again, we can push it pretty good here because you have the ring rows where you'll be able to catch your breath and then you have the rest afterwards. So we don't need to save too much here for the later part of the workout or the later part of the round, you're able to push straight through, get that heart rate pretty high, get the burning up a little bit. And then we finish with the hard burn on the ring rows. And the ring rows are the only one where we can break it up during the minute. So you don't necessarily want to go straight through on those just because that's more likely to fail as we go, even with the rest and the two minutes in between with the other movements. If you go too deep on the ring rows, 
just like push-ups, strict press, any of those upper body dominant movements, right? If we go too deep and you do 25 ring rows on the first set, you're probably going to go to 15, 10, and then singles as we get to the later rounds. So just keeping that in mind, we want to maintain quality and consistency across. So be a little conservative at the beginning on those ring rows. And then we have that one minute rest. So again, anytime we're doing intervals, I think we talk about this probably every time, right? Anytime we're doing intervals, just trying to stay consistent across all the rounds, both quality, you know, reps and uh, uh, movement speed, just trying to make sure everything looks exactly the same from round one to five. So then the breathe and burn. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'm going to say there's no uh, goal on this um, in terms of like, what we're looking to hit, right? There's no, yeah, and that's mainly, I mean, because the ring rows offer a unique challenge, the row or bike offer a challenge. But as Brian was saying, those first two minutes of that, you know, the four minutes, um, the first two minutes are going to just essentially be consistent, right? We want to be going consistent yeah. on those. Continuous movement. Yeah, and like Nathan said, the, the reason we don't have a goal is because we were all over the place with scores because you have every level doing row and bike, right? So you'll have, maybe twice as many calories for brown as you would for yellow because they're able to push a little bit harder. They're producing a little more power. And then the ring rows, same thing. The, the later levels are able to maintain higher reps for longer than the earlier levels. So, you know, we don't want to throw a goal up there and have people pressing on the, on the ring rows, trying to make up, make up reps with some, with some janky reps. Right. So the uh, energy system description here, breathe and burn, breathing will ramp up quickly and the kettlebell swings and sustain on the row, kind of like what we just talked about. And then the burn will come in strong and fast on the ring rows, right? So don't, that first set of 10 is going to feel pretty easy on the ring rows, but again, that will degrade very quickly. So don't push it too much in the early rounds. We want to save a little bit for later. And then getting into the core accessories. So we're just going to carry our kettlebell right into this. We have some kettlebell side bends with a side plank on the same side, then we'll switch sides side bends on the other side, the left side, and then side planks. So just working in that frontal plane a little bit, working on the obliques um, and also good for range of motion. And they're just moving the spine in a different pattern than we're normally moving. So just a good way to round things out as we always talk about, right? Filling those gaps. And then after the core accessory into our extra credit, we have some breathe and mobilize. So going two minutes, jog or bike, three minute quad smash on the right side, then right into three minutes of couch stretch. And then we'll do the same thing on the left side. So this is kind of for this workout, but it's mostly because the soreness from the day before on the squat endurance, right, is probably going to come in on this day later in this day. So we want to preemptively stretch and make sure things aren't tightening up on us. And we're able to get out of bed in the morning, which is very important. Because I'm sure we've all done a, I'm sure all of you guys have done a 20 rep back squat in the next few days is like a little, a little iffy. So um, that's why we have that breathe and mobilize in there. So then getting into our Wednesday here. So Wednesday, we're going to start off the day with floor press. And then we have a breathe and burn workout after that with some air squats, burpee box jumps and ring dips. So pretty pressing heavy day. So we're going to start with scap pushups, just get the scaps and shoulders prepared for all of that pressing then into some Kang squats because we do have hinging and squats coming in with the burpee box jumps and the air squats and then into some calf raises for the jumping and the burpees and then lizard stretch again opening up the hip flexor getting us ready for the squats and um, burpee box jumps later on so with the floor press we have 15 minutes we're accumulating sets of five or eight reps here so eight reps for the earlier levels and then we switch over into dumbbell floor press for yellow and white <clears throat> just because that's easier for them to control and the movement pattern is a little bit easier to maintain with the dumbbell. 
um, and doesn't force a weird position because sometimes for the earlier levels, they kind of have trouble getting into position, particularly on a bench press or a floor press with a, with a barbell. It also helps to build the stabilizer muscles with the dumbbells because we have that unilateral factor as well. So we'll have 15 minutes there, good amount of time to review as well. And then we'll get into the workout. So you should be pretty warm in the pressing muscles at this point. So it's a good time for us to hop into ring dips. So we're going to spend most of our time in the review going over ring dips. So stabilizing on the rings to start just working on that shoulder stability, core stability. And in order to do the ring dip, if you're not stable at the top, you probably shouldn't be descending into the bottom, right? So that's always good to go over before getting into any reps of rings and then doing bench dips, just again, going through that movement pattern into that hyper uh, extension of the shoulder, stretch out the bicep tendon, stretch out a bunch of stuff in there before getting into that very tough movement of the ring dip. And then we have two minutes of practice and then you can review the other movements with remaining time, air squats and burpee box jumps. So then getting into the workout, we have four rounds for time. 25 air squats, 15 burpee box jumps, and 10 ring dips. So those ring dips can be kipping or strict, whatever's most comfortable, whatever's safest, you know, is also very important. So the, I usually make people do strict ring dips in the workout, um, unless they are very competent, just because the dive bomb effect a little bit when they're kipping uh, can be a, a, a little iffy, right? So just be careful with that and make sure you're watching people and kind of, you know, discern you are, you're, you guys are coaches, you've seen many classes, many people do ring dips, many people do uh, these movements. So just making sure that everyone's looking good before getting started. No one's dive bombing into those ring dips because that can be um, a pretty, pretty tough on the shoulders. So this workout is going to be breathe and burn pretty much right down the middle. Uh, obviously different movements here are going to burn a little bit more than others. The air squats and the ring dips particularly, and then the breathe will come in mostly on the burpee box jumps. And then our levels considerations here, we have squat endurance for the air squat reps, API for the burpee box jump variation, and then rings for our ring dip variations, going down into box pushups here in the earlier levels, of course. And then our goal is sub 15. So this can be faster um, for the middle levels, I would say, like orange and blue as the ring dips kind of go down and, and switch to box pushups and also dropping the air squats and burpee box jumps. It could be a little bit quicker here. Uh, most of the closer to 15 uh, times were the upper levels with the, the higher rep ring dips, especially coming off the, the floor press. They might have be a minute or, or two, a little bit, little bit slower, but if they're proficient on the ring dips, they should be just fine. And again, discerning between the strict and the kipping can also make a difference there. But the goal here really is consistent movement, particularly on the air squats and burpee box jumps. So straight through on those air squats, they don't have to be as fast as you can, but they should be smooth and consistent and continuous. So no stopping from one to 25 should be just straight through burpee box jumps. You want to do it the same way. So a couple deep breaths, go into your burpee box jumps and then continuous movement doesn't have to be super fast, but it should be continuous. We want to keep that heart rate up, that breathing up and continuously moving. Uh, with, with smooth technique, smooth is fast, especially on, on movements like this. And then getting into the ring dips, this is the part where you kind of want to think about breaking it up, right? You, even if you can do 10 straight through, if you know that 10 is close to your end range, then I would break it up five and five, save the arms. You're not, you're only going to save like 10, 15 seconds going unbroken on that first set. 
but it's better to be able to maintain in the later rounds, right? And not go into singles in that final round and just completely tank. Cause then you're going to kind of take away uh, from the end of the workout where we want to push and finish fast. So that goes for the box pushups too, for the earlier levels. If you know that 10 and eight is kind of the end range, break it up early. And that way you're able to maintain as you get into those later rounds. Do you have anything you want to add on that, Nathan? Yeah, I mean, I would. We're coming. We have a hundred air squats uh, coming off this. And night, the legs might be kind of sore from Monday, uh, depending on if somebody went real hard. So just treating those air squats as not blazing through them necessarily, but nice and steady. Yeah. Uh, same thing with those burpee box jumps. Uh, there's sixty burpee box jumps. It's a good number, and the legs. Just just paying attention to the legs is my would be my my only comment. Yeah, and this you if. If you want to drop it down for those those later levels, so if a brown hit like a hundred percent max on their twenty rep back squat, they're probably still going to be pretty sore on Wednesday. You could just have them do, you know, the blue reps on the air squats and the burpee box jumps, and then keep it at ten for the ring dips, and kind of use those as a flush more than you know a, a super hard aerobic power workout, right? I think that's right more of flushing on those movements. Yeah. So, um, and then the the energy system descriptor here, the breathe and burn. Breathing and burning will increase increase steadily in the first round and hold for the remaining three rounds. Except, expect more acute burning in the ring dips, right? That's a, that's a much more muscularly dominant movement, much sharper contraction. So you'll definitely get the burning building up super quick on those ring dips. And then we have breathe and mobilize again here on Wednesday. So two minute jog and row, same structure as the day before, but this time we're focusing on the lats and triceps. So three minute lat smash on the right side, three minute lat and tricep stretch on the right. And then we switch sides and go through it one more time. So then going into Thursday, halfway done with the week here. So this is our barbell heavy day with the hang power cleans and the deadlifts and hang power cleans in the workout. So we're focused on that posterior chain here in the warm up. So we have 15 RDLs, then going into a glute bridge hold for three rounds. And then we have ring rows and hollow hold for four rounds following that again just getting our upper back lower back prepared for all of the pulling and the you know we have a little upper body pulling with the hang power clean but just making sure everything in the back is nice and stable before getting into the weightlifting. so then we have our hang power clean here in imam for 10 minutes going through clean progressions first of course and then you'll have a little bit of time to build up to that initial weight for the imam so we have one clean pull plus one hang power clean for blue through brown and then we have only hang power cleans for the earlier levels just to get those reps in with the lighter weight because the clean pull at the super light weight that they would be using for the hang power clean doesn't really doesn't really make sense doesn't really translate so just getting those reps in with the more complicated movement is what's most important so for the later levels building weight making sure they get past that workout weight uh in you know in the workout following if they're not getting past it in the imam they probably shouldn't be using it in the workout right so then getting into our workout since we already went through the most complicated movement here uh the hang power clean and and the clean pull kind of translates to the deadlift a tiny bit obviously technique is going to be a little bit different but the uh the sentiment's the same as far as pulling off the ground so we're just reviewing clean barbell cycling so getting that workout weight on the bar dropping from what we just finished with on the imam practicing going through reps consistently in a row it's, it's a little bit different, right? I'm sure Nathan would agree, like weightlifting in this workout is different than weightlifting on a platform in a, you know, 
weight Olympic weightlifting. Like it's going to be a little bit different just because, you know, you, you would never do eight hang power cleans in an Olympic weightlifting session. So it's the, the technique is a little bit different and the things we want to think about are a little bit different. So making sure that the core is super tight, we're keeping the bar close as we come down, not just popping it off our shoulder and swinging it around, you know, things like that, just tightening up movement efficiency so that we can maintain technique across all 18 minutes. So we do have 18 minutes in this workout, ascending ladder going up by fours, four, eight, 12, 16 into infinity of deadlifts and hang power cleans with a 400 meter run in between each round. So a good, a good break in between the barbell movements. And then as we go down, weight goes down um, to 95.65 for blue, 75.55 for orange. And then we go to kettlebell variations for yellow and white. And then white has a 200 meter run instead of a 400 meter run at the end. So and I would say, you know, okay. going back to what you said about the difference, it really comes down to the energy systems, right? So that's yeah, going to be how you can tell right away, deadlift, hang, power clean. The, the weights for hang, power clean, 115, it's moderate, but these are going to obviously ascend as you go into that 400, but it's going to start to get burny towards the end into those bigger sets. So you just want to keep in mind that the system of breathe and burn and make sure that you're moving properly. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Especially the, the hang power clean, like it's kind of easy early on to be a little sloppy, but that's going to uh, definitely have consequences later on, particularly with the grip and the, and the lower back, even more so than the deadlift, I think. Um, so the system on this is breathe and burn, like Nathan said, and this was pretty much straight down the middle, breathe and burn. Dog over here dropping things behind me. That's straight breathe and burn uh, on this one with the deadlift and hang power clean. And again, that's posterior chain heavy. So glutes, hamstrings will be blown up by the end of this, particularly with that run in between. So keeping that in mind. And then our levels consideration for this is going to be weightlifting because of that hang power clean. And then the goal is the round of 16 plus. If you get into the round of 20 and you get into the run of the round of 20, then you were moving, man. Like you would, you would have to really be slamming those deadlifts and hang power cleans. The people that got through the round of 16 uh, were, were also running pretty, pretty quick too. So at least getting to that round of 16. But if you really want, you know, to push it and have a, have a really good score on this, getting into the round of 20 would be, would be pretty impressive. Um, so the, the goal here is just consistent quality movement on those barbell movements. So I would go straight through on the set of four, just go four deadlifts right into four hang power cleans. But after that, saving that last deadlift for the next hang power clean. So stopping at seven, then using your eighth, eighth rep to go in the hang power clean, stopping at 11 and then using that 12th to go into the hang power clean. Once we get to 12, however, that's where you want to think about breaking up the hang power clean, depending on how your grip is. So 12 and 16, breaking it up in half, just a quick break. You will have to do an extra deadlift, but that's negligible if you, you know, end up saving yourself failure of grip towards the end, right? Because then you'd have to do a bunch of deadlifts to save it. So thinking, being conscious of that grip fatigue, as you go, also being conscious of how the hamstrings and glutes feel as you're cycling the barbell, because again, deadlifts, hang power clean, run pretty heavy on the, on the hamstrings and glutes. Uh, you, you'll definitely be sore the next day, but you don't want to have those kind of tank towards the end. So breaking it up as needed to kind of maintain quality there. And um, the breathe, did you already read this breathing increasing? No, I haven't. No. Okay. Great. Yeah. Yeah. That he's already halfway breathing increasing quickly in the first round, particularly on the run. Uh, but as you get into the later rounds, it will build up 
that breathing on the barbell movements as well. And then the burn will build throughout again, posterior chain, hamstrings, glutes, lower back a little bit. Um, and then our subs for the run. So if you are still having a rough time with weather, subbing 250 meter row, 80 single unders or 10 or eight cal bike for the run as needed. It's a little bit less than the run, but because this is so muscularly dominant compared to the run, especially in the same movement pattern, we kept it a little bit lower. Um, and that translated a little bit better in class where the run is much more flush, right? And then the extra credit here, uh, prehab. So we have some Jefferson curls. So this is actually very good to do after doing all those deadlifts and hang power cleans. This will feel pretty nice. Jefferson curls at three, 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 three. So real slow tempo there, just stretching out the spine, getting all of those erectors kind of moving all your uh, vertebrae moving individually, 20 arch body pulses, and then 20 dead bugs for four rounds there. So that is your Thursday. Yeah, that's, I would almost like make that mandatory after doing that, uh, that workout, just the Jefferson mm -hmm. curls at least, man. Uh, so on Friday here, we have pull-ups to start for the strength. And then we have everyone's very favorite workout and assessment, the lactic tolerance assessment. And just to make sure everyone gets the same feeling, we kept Fran in there as the alternative workout so that no one can escape, right? We have no one sliding under doing the alternative workout to kind of get out of it. So to start the day, really focus on the shoulders for the pull-ups. And you also have kipping pull-ups later. So we have 250 meter row into six minutes of scap pull-ups, front leaning rest to down dog. So moving the scaps through range of motion there, air squats just to wake the legs up for those thrusters and then lat and tricep stretch to make sure shoulders are ready for all the pulling in today's session. So we do have our pull-ups to start. So this is going to be three weighted pull-ups for purple and brown. Brown should be building to something close to a max for the day, um, just making sure that they're feeling good. So if, again, if you're not feeling it, just keep it pretty light, work on movement pattern and, and lat engagement towards the top of, top of the movement there. And then earlier levels working on strict pull-ups, negatives and standing pull-ups to round that out. After that, we should have plenty of time because that assessment is pretty short and Fran is a pretty short workout. So you have a good amount of time to review thrusters, making sure everyone's thrusters are super clean and consistent, very efficient. Also going over burpees and bodybuilders for those that are assessing, that should be a little bit easier and quicker, right? There's less moving pieces. We don't have a barbell in our hand, but same token, we do want them to be moving efficiently because this workout is supposed to be fast. If they're inefficient, it's going to take a lot out of them and probably going to extend their time out quite a bit uh, relatively to their goal. And then after that, we've already reviewed strict pull-ups, but now reviewing the technique of kipping pull-ups. So arch body holds, hollow holds, and then arch hollow swings before getting into pull-up practice. Again, same thing. The more efficient and clean their movement is, the faster they'll be able to move and the, and the, the more they'll be able to sustain the pace towards the end, right? So then getting into the workout again, it's either assess lactic tolerance or Fran. So, I mean, that's almost the same thing, but for the earlier levels, instead of switching out the thrusters for bodybuilders or burpees, we keep the thrusters in all the way across just to get them more of that Fran feeling, although it might not be pure lactic tolerance like the assessment is, right? So it's just, a, it, it's pretty close, but it's not exactly the same. And we just like to expose people to the actual movement. Fran movement patterns. Yeah, going back and forth between those movement patterns. So of course the system on this is going to be full body burn levels consideration for this will be lactic tolerance. And then the goal is to level up, no goal for time on Fran. 
And what I told people for Fran is don't worry about the time so much. I want you to shoot for the feeling, right? Don't look at the clock. Just try to get as uncomfortable as you can and try to move as consistently as you can. So that's always, you know, uh, encouraging. Try to get as uncomfortable as you can. Everyone gave me a, like a weird look when I said that, but uh, everyone accomplished it for the most part. So whether we're assessing lactic tolerance or doing Fran, again, our goal is to get to that feeling and push the pace and search for that uncomfortable feeling. So thrusters, I would always break it up into 11 and 10, unless you are black, red plus, that's when you can kind of go unbroken and really put the pedal down. But for brown, uh, purple, and, and blue, and, and orange as well, again, once we get down to orange, we're, we're getting into burpees and bodybuilders. So that'll be a little bit different strategy. But if we're doing thrusters, 20, 10 and 11 and 10, rather 11 and 10 on the thrusters, quick rest in between, even if you're feeling good, just to break it up so you can maintain pace later on. Same thing on the pull-ups, 11 and 10. If you're doing jumping, go straight through. No reason to break on the jumping chest bars. Go straight through on the jumping chest bar pull-ups. Do not stop moving. Pull-ups, once we get down to the 15, again, eight and seven for both thrusters and pull-ups. But then once we get to the set of nine, that's when you put the pedal down and you should not stop moving until you finish that last pull-up. So very important that we have a little gas in the tank for that set of nine. Otherwise, people tend to end up doing singles on the pull-ups. I'm sure you've seen that before, Nathan, right? Where someone holds their pace super hard until that set of nine, and then you're doing one pull-up at a time and kind of fizzling out. And we want to, we, we definitely want to avoid, avoid that at all costs, particularly if you're assessing, because that'll probably kick you out of your, uh, your goal time and your level up. So keeping that in mind in those later rounds, uh, for the earlier levels, it's really about maintaining technique and tempo on the movements, right? Cause it's a little bit different burpees and bodybuilders and, and jumping pull-ups a lot less muscularly dominant. So we're just going for rhythm and consistency in order to get to that discomfort, uh, towards the end. So full body burn, the uh, energy system descriptor here, slight discomfort will quickly transition to extreme discomfort by the end. And that's, you know, the, the whole thing is going to be uncomfortable, but we want to kind of search for that discomfort and kind of take uh, pride in the amount of discomfort that we got to at the end, because that's, you know, the equivalent of how hard you worked. So always fun to assess lactic tolerance, uh, especially on a, on a Friday. So then getting into our extra credit. Uh, we're kind of doubling down on the, the upper body pulling, the bodybuilding, so going chin-ups, ring, uh, dual dumbbell rows, ring rows. So again, this, this would probably be for the later levels for the purples and browns that want to work on their pulling strength a little bit more. And we're kind of hitting different movement patterns than we did in the strength and, uh, of course, in the workout with the kipping pull-ups. So uh, just rounding out the day, keeping the shoulders and elbows healthy with this more specific muscularly dominant work here. And then getting into our Saturday, the final day of the week and final day of March programming before we get into April, we have a four quality workout here. It's going to be more muscularly burn uh, with toes to bar, kettlebell swings, step ups and plank, weighted plank at, at the end there. And, you know, really um, trying to pull back on the intensity a little bit after Fran, like we didn't want to come into a hard aerobic power workout after doing France, we're kind of keeping it shorter, a little more muscularly dominant, giving people, people's lungs a little bit of a break. So for the warm up, we're focusing mostly on core and hinge here. So tuck ups, then some front step lunges, just for the step ups, get the knee flexion uh, and, and the hips warmed up a little bit. 
what I like to do on the front step lunges is push a little bit forward to stretch the hip flexor out as well, just because it's a it's good to, you know, double up since you're down there to to kind of get the the mobility in uh, with that muscular uh, contraction. So keeping that in mind, it's close to an ATG lunge. I think we've had that in the programming before, but you know, just again, utilizing that time as best we can. And then the kettlebell deadlifts really focused on squeezing the glutes as we come to the top so that you are prepared for the kettlebell swings and a little bit for the step-ups. You will get some engagement there and then dual quad stretch just to open up the quads a little bit again for all of those uh, step-ups that we're doing. And again, end of the week, we just did a bunch of thrusters. We just did uh, a bunch of squats at the beginning of the week, so just rounding that out a little bit. Uh, sorry, I just got signed out on my computer. I was trying to sign back in and buy time there a little bit. So uh, to start here on the workout prep, we're reviewing strict toes to bar since that is by far the most technically demanding movement here. So strict toes to bar, strict knees to elbow, and then strict leg raises. All of the principles apply across all of those movements, right? Stable shoulders, utilizing the lats, making sure the core is engaged. So very important. Um, I think we have it in the notes there, but keeping the hips tucked as you are lifting the legs. If you don't have your hips tucked, if the hips are kind of set back and, and rounded forward, the hips are forward, but the glutes are set back, you're going to use your hip flexors to lift the legs up as opposed to your core. And that's not necessarily a bad thing if we wanted to work on hip flexors, but we do not want to work on our hip flexors today. We want to work on the core. So keeping those hips tucked, squeezing the glutes before you start the movement. Uh, particularly on the toes to bar, because this tends to be one of the, the more difficult muscularly dominant movements that we do, period, and not just swinging the legs up as hard as you can, right? So actually feeling that contraction. So then with the remaining time, reviewing the kettlebell swing and the step-ups. So system for this is going to be muscular burn, uh, pretty much right down the middle. You'll have a little bit of breathing in the kettlebell swings, but it won't be enough to you know necessitate a VPP or breathe and burn. Um, system classification. This is going to be mostly muscular uh, all the way around. And then levels considerations will be neuro and core for that strict toes to bar variation, kettlebell for the kettlebell weight, and then squat endurance for the weight that you're using for the step-ups. But that'll also coincide with your kettlebell swing weight. So then getting into the workout, we have three minutes starting with strict a static set of strict toes to bar or knees to elbow or leg raises or knee raises than an AMRAP set of Russian kettlebell swings. So because of how difficult these strict variations are, particularly knee raises or knees to elbow and toes to bar, you don't have to go unbroken. It would be better if you did, obviously, but if you need to break it up for quality purposes, because again, this is for quality, it says big bold letters right there. If you need to break it up to maintain quality, that's totally fine. We just wanna have at least a minute here on the kettlebell swings, that way you get a good burn in the posterior chain and we're hitting that muscular burn on both sides so that's kind of the the purpose of having the the kettlebell swings after the toes of our kind of going from the front you know core dominant to our posterior chain glute hamstring uh lower back dominant there so at least a minute the earlier levels will have a little more time just because the movement will be a little easier a little quicker to cycle through but that'll that'll be good for them to practice technique and again get that get those big muscles moving and working so then we have a one minute, 30 second rest and 90 second rest there into three minutes of 16 weighted box step up. So same weight that you use for the kettlebell swing and you can hold it however you want. 
I would recommend holding it in the goblet position just because that's the easiest, especially as we're stepping up, you're kind of out of the way. If you're holding it to your side suitcase style, uh, especially with the heavier weight, it can get a little cumbersome to try to swing your leg past the heavy kettlebell onto the box. But again, if you, if you prefer doing that, go right ahead as long as you have that weight somewhere on you. You could also front rack it, but again, you know, front racking is, is pretty difficult, especially with the 70. So after that, you should have a little over a minute to do your weighted planks. You're just going to hold as long as you can accumulating reps for the entire rest or accumulating seconds rather for the entire rest of the time. So you don't have to go unbroken and you can restart. You don't have to, you know, completely stop when you break the first time. So just accumulating as much as you can high quality plank in remaining time, right? So if you feel the hips dropping, or if you feel your hips popping up, you're getting out of position, just break reset and get back into a solid plank for as long as you can. And then as we go down, weighted plank drops in weight and goes to regular plank and then weighted box step-ups drop to regular step-ups for white. So pretty standard on our variations there. Yeah, I would say um, those weighted planks uh, with a 45 pound plate, this is, it's an AMRAP. So it's as long as you can go, but if you finish right within that three minutes, if you finish, Brian, you go back to those weighted step-ups? No, no, so, no. So you're, yeah, you're just holding, you're accumulating as much as time as you can in that weighted plank with the remaining time. And so you're going to your knees, you're relaxing, coming back up. Yeah. Yeah. So just again, quality is our priority. So it's not like you're, I don't think you'd be able to slam through those weighted box step-ups anyway with that weight. So it's a reasonable amount of time to hold a weighted plank, probably minute, minute 10. Um, but that will degrade as you go through the rounds, even though you'll have like a pretty long rest, right? You'll have like five minutes before you come back around to the weighted plank, but it's still, you know, we have nice. the strict toes to bar. We have the I just wanted to clarify right. that. Somebody yeah, yeah, might, yeah. might think like, oh, I'll do as long yeah. as I can. And then mm -hmm. I go back. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. One set of box step-ups and then just do a good quality plank for the rest of the time, the rest of that three minutes. Perfect. Yeah. You don't want to do going back through on those step-ups, man. You'll be blown up <laughs> two yeah. sets within three minutes. That'd be gnarly. Um, I think this is, yeah, this should be muscular burn here, but burn will build up quickly. Uh, on each three minute interval and increase gradually from there across the round. So even as you go from round to round, it'll get a little bit deeper of a burn, right? Particularly, I would say on the strict toes to bar, that's the one where the burn is going to be like into your soul. Once we get to the end, uh, weighted box step ups a little bit, you know, it'll, it'll definitely burn the legs, but nothing you guys aren't used to, um, especially this week after the, uh, the 20, nothing will feel as bad on your legs as the 20 rep back squat. Everything's gravy after that. So, and again, uh, because we had that lactic tolerance the day before you can drop the weight on any of this and kind of, again, use these bigger movements, the step-ups and the kettlebell swing as more of a flush and focus mostly on the core. Uh, but we do have these heavier movements in here because some people aren't coming in on Friday and they are coming in on Saturday so they can really slam it, uh, if they want to. And then our extra credit to finish out the week is some breathe and mobilize after two tough days to finish. So we have two minute jog and row, three minute glute smash on the right side, three minute lizard on the same side. So we usually pair these two together because of reciprocal inhibition. I've been waiting to say that somewhere out loud. I had that saved in my, in my brain for a while. So that just means that one side, you know, you have 
hamstring quad, you have glute uh, hip flexor. One side has to contract for the other to relax. So we usually, if your glute is too tight, right, or the hamstring or the, you know, any part of your leg is too tight, it will affect how the other side functions. So we want to hit that glute first, make sure everything's feeling good on that side. Then you're able to contract that nicely and open up the hip flexor where sometimes both sides get binded up and we're not able to uh, get anything out of it. So if you want to look that up and, you know, double check and fact check me, you definitely should, but that is the gist of reciprocal inhibition. Um, but yeah, that is our week, pretty cool week finishing out March. We have a couple of assessments and, you know, when you're briefing your members, you're posting on Facebook, emphasizing those assessments, because it's always good to get a level up in the first quarter of the year, give some people some confidence moving forward. Um, but yeah, really, really excited to get into April and, here. Really excited just, the opens over too. Just a reminder to fill out the weekly survey. This finalizes oh, yeah. and finishes out the week, um, finishes out the month. So we're going to be looking at some cool things coming up next month. Keep your eyes open for that. Again, though, if you have any feedback, fill out the survey. If you have any questions, feel free to post them in the group and we will see you guys next time. Thanks so much for watching, guys. See you guys. Thank <laughs> you.